That was my friend Jada Selner, and that was just a taste of the amazingness that you are about to listen to. I know Jada because we are both in the SPI Accelerator Mastermind. We're actually going to meet up in San Diego in just a couple of weeks. I'm super excited to see her again because I love her energy. She's so calm and she's so happy and she doesn't look like she ever gets anxious or stressed about work. She is somebody who really enjoys the process of what she does and she is going to teach us all how we can do the same thing. And let me tell you why this is important because for the first couple of years of my business, I got really wrapped up in hitting goals. Now, yes, obviously, it's very important to hit your goals, but I was not enjoying myself while I was hitting my goals. And then I'd hit a goal, and then I would move the goalpost and start focusing on the next goal right away. And when you constantly do that month after month, year after year, you're not having fun in your business. You're working like a machine and not a person. And I would say about a year ago, I did this mental shift where yes, I still have goals, I'm still hitting goals, I'm still trying to hit them, but I'm not getting anxious or stressed about it. I am definitely slowing down, but I'm still growing while I'm slowing down, if that makes sense. If not, just let Jada, the expert, tell you what I'm meaning by this, <laughs> because she can explain it a lot better than me. But long story short, if you're somebody who is very anxious or is very stressed out about doing all of the things and making sure that everything is in place so you can hit these goals. Because if you don't hit these goals, then you're letting yourself down, you're letting other people down, blah, blah, blah. Jada's going to help you with that. We spend most of our time in the process, in the process of trying to achieve that goal. So you should be having fun in the process. You should be enjoying yourself in the process. You shouldn't feel anxious or stressed out. And that is exactly what Jada is going to help you with today. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Jada, thank you so much for coming on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Thank you for having me, Christina. I'm, I'm really excited for us to have this conversation. Yeah, so I, I feel like I knew you before you knew me. I listened to you like, I don't know how long ago, when you were on Pat's podcast about the challenges with your smoothie business that you're, you know, you've moved on from. So that was a long time ago. Yeah, I feel, I mean, that was probably like in 2014 or something. Okay, so I feel like I've known you for four years, but I've actually officially known you for like almost a year now because we're in the same mastermind. We hang out in person every once in a while. Um, And I really wanted to have you on the podcast because you are all about leading with love, which I totally want you to explain to everybody what that means. But when we were chatting in San Diego not too long ago, And I was like, tell me more, tell me more. And I was like, I don't know. I just kept wanting to know more, like go deeper. How does this, how does this apply to me? Like keep going. And you said something like, basically I help you enjoy the process of building a business. So you're not like hustling 24 seven and stressed out and miserable about it. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Let's talk about that. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think a really big piece of that is, um, you know, I heard this saying of like high in, high intention and low attachment. So, you know, having the intention of what you want, being really clear on why you want it. Uh, so an example for me, you know, I really wanted to build a business, you know, to be able to make money where I could have my daughter by my side. So having that time flexibility was really important to me and a high value for me and my family is, you know, being able to travel and explore the world. So location independence was really important to me. So I knew what I wanted. I knew why I wanted it. Um, but I, the, the thing that I had to release the attachment to was the timeline. So when it was going to happen and how it was going to happen. So I actually have been an entrepreneur for almost 10 years. I started my first brick and mortar business in 2009 in Kauai. And, you know, my husband and I were fighting over money that we didn't have. We were wearing all the hats. We'd never started a business. Neither of us even had college degrees. And so we were just figuring things out as we went. Um, we were burning out and, you know, we closed that business down. We liquidated all of our assets and moved into my in-laws house. And so, um, you know, I ended up starting a parenting blog with my friend and business partner, Jen Hansard, which eventually evolved into simple green smoothies. And that is where I was able to create a consistent income where my husband could, you know, leave his job of 13 years. Um, but what I'm saying is I, I didn't, I, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I really thought I was going to make a living from that first business. And then for sure, I was like, I'm going to make six figures in six months with this online parenting blog. And that wasn't it either. It was actually Simple Green Smoothies. So being unattached to how it's going to happen, because I think a lot of times, especially as women, you know, we're really good students. We love getting like straight A's. My daughter is the same, high achievers, you know, really wanting that outside validation. But we're like, well, how do you do? it and give me the steps and and the dates and all of that and we get so attached to the timeline and the mechanism when really we really want to get really clear on what it is that we want why we want it and then really being patient trusting the process and enjoying it along the way of when it's going to happen when that result will actually happen and how it's going to manifest into reality and i think if we can have that high intention and low attachment we'll actually Actually enjoy the process a lot more. I feel like that's so easy to say, but so difficult to do. Yeah. So tell me um, what comes up for you when you say that it, it is difficult to do. Okay. So I guess let's go back to what you said about the timeline thing. Like you even yeah. said, you know, when you started your blog, like it's going to be six figures in six months. And I think that's why it's easy to say and difficult to do because we're all taught to set smart goals. And the SMART goals, the T is for a timeline. So you have to get yes. this done by a certain time. And I think it's that that puts stress on you and makes it not fun and makes you not enjoy the process. So are you saying maybe backtrack that a little bit more and then change your timetable for your goal? Like what is the rush? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. One around the timeline. So I say don't 
you know, put a deadline on your dreams. But you can definitely have um, times and dates for things that you have control of. So the thing that you have control of is taking imperfect action on projects. So that's something that you have control of, right? So it's like, uh, you know, I want to launch a podcast on February 14th. That So I can commit and have a smart goal around that. But the thing that we get attached to and try to create timelines around is the things that we don't have control of. And that's where the stress and the burnout and the over hustling comes from is we're like, we want to make six figures in six months, or I want a million downloads, you know, in two years. And we just really don't have control of those type of metrics. Are there, are there strategies? Are there tactics? Are there things that we can do that will move us closer to that? Of course, but we actually don't know which thing is going to work. And I think this is something that so many business owners need to hear is that marketing is very, very nuanced. Um, and you, you try and experiment a lot of different things to see what sticks. So for Simple Green Smoothies, it was the 30, the free 30-day green smoothie challenge was the thing that stuck and actually worked and helped helped us grow our email list to 355,000 email subscribers. But we tried other things before that, that we thought would get us amazing results too. You know, we had the free like 12 page PDF ebook, like opt in and get these free recipes. And that grew our list from zero to 2000 email subscribers, where we do a free 30 day green smoothie challenge. And it grew our email list from 2000 to 30,000 email subscribers. Does that make sense of like, you know, having the commitment to a timeline of the things that you have control of that you can take action on, but not having so much attachment and creating a timeline around some of the metric goals. It's, it's, it's a target, but it's not an absolute. Okay. I feel like, I feel like you are Oprah because you just gave me an aha moment for a minute. I feel like, and tell me if I'm picking up what you're throwing down, you are saying put a timeline on the little tasks, the little tasks that will help get you to that big, that big want and that big why. And there's no timeline for the big want and the big why, but the little tasks to break it down to slowly achieve that goal, we can put timelines on those, correct? Yes. I love that. That does kind of make it sound like this is going to be a little bit more enjoyable because it's like we're taking baby steps. And these baby steps are not something to get stressed or concerned about. Right. And then we can, I always say not to um, uh, attach your self-worth to your net worth, right? So that's what leading with love and love over metrics really means is, is, is putting yourself first, putting people first before the numbers. And we can have these big ambitions and goals of numbers, but not create this this strict timeline around it. And so one thing that I like to do with my clients and for myself is writing a three-year vision. Um, and this was inspired by Cameron Harold's um, from his book, Double Double. And I uh, integrated into not just include like your company three-year vision, but actually your life three-year vision. And I think as women, especially moms, I'm a mom, you're a mom, that we want to integrate our whole lives um, and that our business supports our lives and supports the change that we want to see in the world. And so something that people say is that we overestimate what we can do in a year. So we put a million trillion things in like our 12 month plan, but we underestimate what we can achieve in three. And so we don't dream big enough 
further out into the future. So if we give ourselves some more time, we will actually accomplish more. So instead of me having, you know, these 12 month goals, I write three year visions and I lead my clients through this in our retreats and our work together to write a three year vision of just how do you want to feel? What is, you know, how do you want to show up in your work? What do you want your team to look like and feel like? What do you want the public to be saying about you and your business and your brand and really connecting to the, the mental picture, the visualization of the life that you want to live and the business that you want to lead. And so from that place, I allow that to be my compass. And so I don't have smart goals and I don't like do this by this X date and achieve these numbers by this, but I have a bigger three-year vision. And then I build out my quarterly projects, my 12-month plan around what projects will move me closer to this bigger vision. And the crazy thing for me as well as my clients is that these things happen in one to two years instead. So when we take the pressure of the timeline of it having to happen in the next six months, 12 months, we actually have more space and ease for to be creative problem solvers and not be in that pressure cooker to make a decision so fast. And then we can step away and actually be more strategic and intentional with the projects that we say yes to. Have you always approached your business like this or is this something new? So in 2012, um, actually 2011, I listened to Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within. And this was the time when we were closing down, you know, the first business. And there was there was no three-year vision for that business. It was a response to 2008 and there was a recession um, and no one was hiring and we had a new one-year-old baby. So our savings were dwindling and we needed to create our own economy by starting our own business. So there was no vision, three-year vision or plan. Like the plan was like, husband, you're a rock star, but now go get a real estate license and get a real job. (laughs) And that didn't happen. So that was kind of how that first, um, business venture unfolded. But the second time around, you know, as I was, I was in Kauai, I was listening to, you know, he was just talking about like, if you could have anything you want in the world, what would it be like dream big and all of this stuff. And I was just like, Oh, like, I just want my car to work. You know, we had a hoopty car that like didn't work. And, um, just to be able to have like very set, like I, it was very hard for me to dream big at that time. But I remember taking a moment to sit down with my husband. We were, we were in an apartment that my mom had to like co-sign on because our credit was terrible. We were $42,000 in debt. We were, um, we had to borrow $2,000 from a friend just so we could have furniture in the apartment that we were living in. And I was just like, it was, you know, New Year's Eve, we're getting to like the New Year's. I was like, baby, can we please just create a vision board? <laughs> like, So that was the first time that we actually made a vision board together and started collecting all of these pictures and images of what we wanted our lives to look like. Again, there was no goal. There was no like outcome. It's just like, this is what we want to create. This is what, what we want our lives to look like. But one thing that I wrote on there, um, this was when my friend and I were just starting our parenting blog, is I wrote $15,000 a year for me a year for my business partner. And I wrote that number down. I posted that on the vision board and then just released it and started doing the work. So that was really kind of the, my first initiation into dreaming big and putting what's possible without having any timelines or deadlines on it. So then you had to abide by that, 
was that difficult? Because you did mention, and I mean, with women, you know, you're this way, I'm this way, both of our daughters are this way, where we have a very good work ethic and we're very driven and we want to overachieve. So when you have to implement this, did you ever get the urge to go a little harder than maybe what you planned on? You saying like as far as like hustling yes. and and working hard for sure. Um, I mean, I think anytime that we were anytime uh, here's when the hustle comes when you when you have the timelines and the deadlines. So the times, the seasons, and it wasn't always like that, but the seasons where there would be more longer, fuller days. I mean, I've spent 12 hours in one day working on a sales page after I've already like hired a copywriter to work on it. So there are those long stretch days when you have a timeline. So when we would do public launches where it's like, hey guys, this is the cart is opening on this date and it's closing on this date, then there's a lot of concentrated energy to get a certain body of work done. Or even with the podcast, you know, I gave myself a very short six-week window runway to launch the podcast. And so it's kind of that you create that like by any means necessary, we got to get this work done. But for me, those those hustles um, and, and working longer hours are fueled by passion. They're fueled by excitement of, you know, I really want to make a difference and I want to make more money and I'm, I'm committed to this project and, and this creative output in the world. And so to me, they're very intentional. It's like sprinting or running a marathon, right? You, you know, okay, I'm going to train and as we get closer, I'm going to be running longer, harder days. And then we're going to have the actual marathon. And then after that, I'm going to go take an ice bath. I'm going to rest. I'm like not going to think about running for like as long as possible to kind of recover. But what I see a lot of people doing is that they're constantly in marathon training mode. They're constantly running, 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 and they don't take the time to actually pause and assess what just happened. And this is what strategy looks like is something that my business partner and I did. And this is what I guide my clients through is doing intentional quarterly reviews and planning sessions. So we actually pause, take a step back and, and look at what worked, what didn't work, what would we do differently next time and really making those shifts and adjustments. But so often someone creates something, puts it out there. They're like, I didn't achieve the goal onto the next thing. And they just move into the next strategy without being intentional and pausing and giving some space and reflection to what did I like about that? What gave me energy? What drained my energy? This is, this is what I do all the time is like every quarter I'm doing some type of an experiment where I'm trying a project on and then I'm assessing like what I liked about it, what I didn't, will I do it again or do I want to try a different strategy or approach and then I update my quarterly plan. So I'm always looking like 12 months ahead of what projects I want to be working on but I'm always updating it every three months to say like what worked and what didn't work from this last, you know, marathon that we may have just done. And something that I notice about you in our Slack group, in our mastermind, is somebody will ask a question, they're looking for help, and people are giving feedback, and you always ask like a deeper question, like in response, like you want some more information to help this person, to help help give this person the right answer. Um, and that was something too, like like when we met in person, you're asking these questions and it's like, 
oh, I wouldn't even think to ask that. Does that matter? And then you're like, like after listening to you and seeing like how you work and how you run things, it's like, oh yeah, that matters because that's like the entire what or the entire why behind the business. And I think that's how you do make it so enjoyable and stress-free. Yeah. I mean, I love the work that I do. And not to say that there isn't stress when building, especially when you're trying to create consistent revenue, there's going to be stress stress in the back end, which is why it's so important for your body of work to be something that you actually enjoy the process because there's going to be stressors around you, but you don't have to be um, operating in a stressful way because it's not good results for you. It's not good results for your community your clients, your customers. And people feel stuff when you're just like not in it. And there's some people, you know, who will ask like, oh, should I do Facebook Live? And there's some people I'm like, yes. And like I can feel it in their heart and their intention. Like they want to show up and serve. They love using their voice and being expressive. And there's some people who are like, I, I, I've feel like I should do a Facebook live, but I don't want to. And it's just like, I don't even want to be on Facebook. I'm like, no, like it's a no. So we have to really get clear on like, how do we want to show up and serve? Because the way that we communicate and connect with our audience online is so important. Like no one wants to read a Facebook message or watch a Facebook live for someone who feels like, like, ugh, I have to do this. I don't want to, but I have to like find a platform, a medium where you feel fully expressed and lit up to use your greatest gifts to get your message out as quickly as possible. Okay. Talk about your retreats because I was telling you before, when I see you at one of your retreats with all of your girls, I get major FOMO when I see your Instagram stories because they look like the cutest, most cozy, most fun things ever. So explain how you actually work with people to implement what you're talking about at your retreats that look like a spa vacation. Oh, I love that. One of my clients <laughs> did say, she's like, you're like a business spa. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You know, for me, environment, um, surroundings are really important. I think I'm, I'm high, like sensory, like I love like smells and scents. And, um, so that piece is, you know, any retreats that I plan, um, I always do them in really inspiring locations and to be connected to nature is really important to me um and if we can get next to like heated pools of water even better because you know that I love hot tubs <laughs> you do love a hot tub <laughs> um at our mastermind retreat with Pat Flynn you know there was a hot tub at the house that we were staying at in La Jolla and no one used the hot tub but me I went in there was like a curfew I think it was like a 10 o'clock curfew and we were always eating talking chatting till 10 but I was like 5 a.m in the morning I went in and like watched <laughs> The sunrise in the hot tub, I was like, there is a hot tub I'm getting in. So yes, I do love a hot tub. So what I do, these are visionary planning retreats. And it's really important for people to step away from their day-to-day lives, their day-to-day responsibilities in their business so that they actually have space and time to think and dream. It's really, really important to kind of shut off all the noise um, and to get a step away from your laptop. laptop. And so how 
I the kind of the phases that I move through through my retreats is there's there's three core pieces and the first part is ideation and that is all about getting all of your ideas out of your head and onto paper because mo- the most women that I work with tend to be visionaries they're big picture thinkers they have all of the these ideas I also have people who don't consider themselves uh, dreamers they consider themselves more like doers get it done and uh, I'm stretching them during that process and so they definitely it hurts a lot more of like you know like dream big get everything out on paper you know connecting to your three-year vision and being able to start to really ground in what it is that you really want so that's the ideation phase is getting all of the ideas out out of your head and onto paper so they have a home. Then the second phase is about integration. And it's actually looking holistically at your life and creating a plan. So really looking at your bandwidth and your capacity. So one thing, because I tend, like I would say like 80 to 90% of my clients are moms like me. And so summers tend to be really, really busy seasons for family mode. It's like vacation mode, family mode. And so when we're planning out our the seasons of our lives, the quarter projects in our businesses, I actually don't create new projects in the summer. I don't launch anything crazy. In the actual summertime because that's when I want to be unplugged and vacationing with my family. So just we start to look at like what are the travel commitments that we have on our plate from our personal lives and then we start to look at you know what are the projects that we're already committed to in our professional lives and we start to just fill up uh, you know I have this um, this quarterly plan circle and we kind of like fill it up with our lives first and then we start planning our projects based on what the space is left in there. And so then we commit to one to three projects per quarter over a 12-month span. And that is the integration. So actually pulling in your life, you know, the ideation is about what you want for your life, what you want for your business, all the ideas. Then integration is about pooling, you know, what it is that you want in your life and integrating it with your actual business work and outcomes and goals that you want to create. And then we move into implementation. And that's about taking imperfect action to move these projects forward. And so, you know, I have an incubator that I guide my women through and we do co-working and we're, you know, we're committing to like, what's, what's your, you know, very important projects on Mondays and then checking in on Friday and celebrating our wins. And so it's ideation, integration, implementation. And then I like to hug it with us building this independence for us to start to make decisions for ourselves. And a lot of my clients will start to coach themselves, even when they're asking me a question. They're like, okay, this is the question I have. This is probably what you would say. This is my answer to that. I think I have my answer now. So we start to build this independence of of getting our work done and being really clear in what it is we want and the projects we want to move forward. And then intimacy. And so women are like pack animals. We love to be in collaboration and community with other people. So I actually create that intimacy and connection and that we build these dreams and visions and these plans and execute alongside each other and cheering each other on and encouraging each other. So that's kind of like how the the retreats are. Um, We're doing all of that and we're walking away with clarity on next steps to take in your business on the ideas that are actually worth implementing to get you closer to your dreams and your goals. I love it. Now, do you find that you ever have to reel 
some of your women in because maybe they're putting too much pressure on themselves and they're getting stressed. I mean, all of them. Yeah. I feel like that that would be a common theme. And I feel like the entire point of working with you, I mean, there's, you know, a million trillion business coaches out there. Um, You don't call yourself a business coach. I mean, you're definitely so much more than that. And you're so much more, you know, niched than that. But I feel like working with you, um, you really are different in that way. So how do you reel all of these women in from going to the, you know, okay, check off this task onto the next, check off this task onto the next. I met that goal onto the next. Do you mean, how do you really like slow them down to have more fun while they're doing everything they're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, even in the retreats, we dance a lot. Like we get out of our heads and into our body. We, we, I guide them through meditations. I do this even in my office hours calls and our co-working calls. So I'm always, every touch point that I have with the clients that I serve, I'm always pausing to create that space to really connect with what matters, what's on your heart, what's your intention. So just, I, that's the container I'm holding is the space to just think and to pause and reflect um, and to to get really clear. And then, you know, usually the first round when people do strategic planning with me, they will overstuff their quarterly plans. And they'll be like, I know you said no more than one to three, but I have five and here's why. And they'll get really clear in the first couple of weeks of working with me of, of realizing that because we're doing so much accountability check-ins on a weekly basis that they see like, oh, here's all the things I didn't get done and how they're beating themselves up around it. And so I just do nudges and I, and I, I coach within the group of just like um, next time, see what it would feel like to just have two projects you know, that you're committed to for the week, you know, like what are the the two things that you're going to get done? So, because we have to start to build confidence. You know, one thing that my friend Dan Martell said is to protect the entrepreneur's confidence. So really being in containers where you are not doubting yourself because entrepreneurs can be super, they're creative and they're resourceful, they're resilient, they're on fire. But what happens is the way that you know, online marketing and courses and all these different marketing messages that we start to to doubt our intuition. We start to doubt our confidence and we, it just all gets shaken. And then we're questioning everything and we're questioning every, every move and all of those questions and indecision cost time and actually slow you down. And so my intention is to have you slow down, get really intentional, get really clear and then move with momentum and, and speed. Like we, we do move fast, but we're always creating space to pause, celebrate our wins and really connecting to that part of ourselves and also reconnecting to like what is enough because so often people think that like you need a seven figure business to be happy and you don't (laughs) like it's like really getting clear on what your personal income needs are, are really important to know, okay, like this is enough and anything above and beyond. I, it's going to be abundance that I can serve and give back to my community. But I think we really need to get clear on like, what is enough that will make us happy so that we don't build these big uh, machines that feel really stressful with a really big team. And some people thrive with big, um, big teams and want to grow, you know, multiple empires and multiple seven figure, eight figure businesses. And you just have to know like, is that the type of life that I want to lead? And that's what like leading with love means is really connecting to like, 
what do I love? How do I want to show up and serve? And what's enough for me? Because I think we make these really big, ambitious outward goals that aren't even really ours. That like, did you really want a seven-figure business or did you just want to make 10K a month to take care of your family and so you could travel and make a difference um, with the gifts that you have inside you? I love that. I had um, Paige Filiator in episode 10 and she talked about why people's sales funnels weren't working and she really like went deep because she said, you know, I would have these clients and we would build successful sales funnels and they would meet their goal, but then they still weren't happy and it's because then they would keep moving their goalpost and it was never enough. Um, so that's so important. You know, that's what we talked about is like breaking down your goals. Like, okay, you want this much money, but why do you want it? And don't just say financial freedom, like specifically, why do you want it? Like, what does it all add up to? And like you said, like, it's not a million dollars. It's just 10,000 a month. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So before we go, one last thing, I want you to give just one idea, one thing that people could start doing now to practice pausing or to just slow down something that doesn't sound like it's going to hurt them, but something that will actually help them. Because I think, you know, everything you're saying, like it obviously is helpful. It's good for your business, but people think it will hurt them. So what is one thing that we can start doing right now to practice just pausing? Yeah. So I would say actually connecting to three things that you're grateful for. So um, I use the five minute journal to write this because it has it in there and it takes me less than three minutes to do. I also ask my- Overachiever, you do the five minute journal in three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a a nighttime version too, which is like would take you two minutes. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I only do the first half. So like, it's like, do what works for you. But I also do um, at night with my daughter, I ask her, like, I just say like three gratitudes. And then she lists off three things that she's grateful for. So, so if you don't have a five minute journal, it can be something that you just share three things that you're grateful for over dinner, or that um, you just say in bed. Sometimes I just wake up and put my hand on my heart and just think of the three things that I'm grateful for. And the reason that I'm saying that, because I know I didn't share any of that throughout this whole process, but when my husband and I, you know, were $42,000 in debt, had just closed down a business, moved from Kauai into my in-laws house and was trying to rebuild a business, rebuild income for my family, the thing that fueled me, the thing that that kept me feeling confident um, and in that space of resourcefulness and resilience was focusing on what I already have versus what I don't have. And I remember telling my husband, because he was like, when are we going to get a break? Like, you know, just like kind of in that like victim mode and his bad energy. And I was like, that's cool that you feel this way, that you're stressed about money, but like, can you please not like bring it over to me? Cause I'm trying to build and create something and you can't build and create from a negative place from like lack. And so I was like, we are always provided for, you know, no matter what, we always have food on table, some magical way. I like, I remember us having like very steep grocery budget bills and like not even sure if we could pay the bills, didn't have money for gas to get to work sometimes, but 
I just looked at all the things that we did have and like, you know, that we have a family that could, you know, provide a roof over our heads during this time. So just looking for the things that you already have. And if you can start to feel like I have enough right now, I have all the tools, resources that I need to push myself forward to get closer to that goal that I'm trying to achieve, you will operate and achieve much more um, without the stress and without the victimhood where, because you can't create from that space. You have to create from a place of joy and and from a, and a place of love. Like, I love this work. I don't know when it's going to work out, but like, here's what I have in my life. Here's what I'm grateful for. And I also, I would love to have more, please, but here's what, what I'm already thankful for that I have. I love that. That's awesome. And I'm also going to link to your podcast in the show notes because you have amazing episodes where you kind of go like really deep on some of the things that we've already talked about. Um, so I'm going to link to your podcast. I'm going to also link to your website so people can get in touch with you. Anything else before we say goodbye, Jada? Yeah. You know, I know I mentioned, you know, how we grew our email list to 355,000 email subscribers and we didn't go deep into that story. Um, but for people who are just wanting a, a quick roadmap, I, I have a five-step roadmap on how we did that through the challenges. Um, if you go to buildyourchallenge.com, that will give you the, a little free cheat sheet. It's not where like I focus my heart and energy on like how, um, but I have a whole course around how to build your community online with challenges and doing it in a really authentic fun, simple way um, that is from a place of leading with love and business. That is awesome. I'm going to take advantage of that myself because that is like, like you are a master at building an email list from scratch. So people go to buildyourchallenge.com and get that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jada. Thank you, Christina. If you want to find out more about Jada, make sure you visit her website, you check out her podcast, and head to buildyourchallenge.com. All of that information is in the show notes for this episode. And if you haven't yet, please make sure you check out pitchpublicityprofit.com. That is my three-day media class where I teach you how to pitch the media to earn publicity and to turn it into profit. I am super excited about next week's episode. I'm not going to tell you what it is about, but it is something that people have been asking me about and something that people have actually been asking me for asking me to create something for them. And I'm actually going to talk about that next week on the podcast. So um, in the meantime, make sure you head to pitchpublicityprofit.com and check out the three-day media class because next week I am going to be sending you somewhere else, somewhere top secret. And I'm super excited about it. I'm I'm anxious to see how people react to it because again, this is something that people have been asking me about for years. They say they really want me to create something. They really want me to teach them this. And I am going to just scratch the surface of it next week. And I'm really, really excited. So I will see you next week. And don't forget to check out those show notes while you are here. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a positive rating and review. Apple Podcast doesn't let me respond. But trust me, I'm reading them. I see you and I appreciate you.